0: You don't own me Don't try to change me in any way You don't own me Don't tie me down cause I'd never stay
1: I It's time for the Daily review a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul Daly here with my wife, Caroline. Hey, guys. And tonight we're here to discuss, my goodness, what is this, the sixth episode of the second season of Hulu's Handmaid's Tale? This one is called
0: First Blood. I like that you said it that way because my first thought was Rambo.
1: Yeah, that's because the movies are named Rambo, First Blood and Rambo, First Blood, Part 2.
0: <laughs> I'm so literal, Paul. What, what could you do with me? I'm such a handful.
1: What were they thinking? First Blood, Part 2? How can it be first if it's Part 2? They
0: should have called it Second Blood.
1: Right. More blood. More blood would have been <laughs> better.
0: Uh, but what does First Blood mean, Paul?
1: That means that you're the first to get a a meaningful blow in in a fight or some sort of violent exchange. We have come up with a couple alternative interpretations for this episode.
0: I'm sure there's many more than we came up with, but we'll give you three possible ones. We're going to start off with the grossest, and that would be Nick and Eden's first time together and, you know, the accompanied fluids that might be with that first time. Gross, Blick.
1: Yeah, definitely gross. Insert
0: all your emoji barf faces here. What other first bloods do you have, Paul? Uh,
1: well, I was gonna go with uh, maybe the more literal blood in this episode, which was when Serena Joy got shot and all the ensuing things that followed from it. It's it's almost like. They needed that in order to become galvanized enough to to get Gilead actually going. You I know agree what I mean? with you.
0: I think that it probably created like so much more of a first of all, the fact that Serena Joy very likely was now absolutely incapable of having children, even if she possibly could have before because of the injury. Yeah. And um, so now she's like. This this plan has to go into effect for them to become a family. So it was like a sort of a backhanded uh, blow that happened in that direction. Also, their ideas. This was like the first time that they were really getting it out into the world. So she was was published,
1: but this was like speaking and weird that it was they chose a college campus right i mean the
0: phraseology they gave was that this was the first time that their ideas were getting into the mainstream Mm. so it was like they could have been talking about this in all kinds of newsletters pamphlets what have you you know secret backdoor meeting kind of things but uh this is the first time that they were actually like at a podium with an audience speaking you know
1: okay and then the third one uh do you want to open the present on this one or do you want to get there later i mean i assume you've watched the episode
0: oh everybody better have yeah so uh, so we we're going with first blood off glen running through that room and exploding everything and doing the first major major blow to gilead
1: that was a good one though. I Amazing. Mean,
0: I don't want to talk more about it right this very second, but let us talk about the flashbacks that we got. Always we're looking to understand how in the world did Serena, Joy, and Fred get to where they are and what in the world motivates these people.
1: It's um this 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 is something that reminds me of our Facebook group, Gilead Online, that um was more of a problem last year, but sometimes is is still a problem. It's that all women don't naturally just like all people i suppose don't just naturally all believe the exact same thing even though shocking even though some people would would 100% believe that that what you believe is contrary to the interest of the larger group and some people would believe the exact same about their beliefs about your beliefs that makes sense it does and so there are people in our group that will post certain things and and it'll be like every woman can can agree with this. And then, uh, since the group is mostly women and, uh, and then right after that, someone who, who is also reasonably minded will say, no, actually I see it this way. And then it gets very ugly after that. Um, Serena is one of those, those ones that is like probably the, the reply that's like, actually I see it this way because, I you know, the what was the name of her book? It was like a woman's place or, or something yes. like that. And so I'm getting the idea like she's probably talking about more conservative type approaches toward
0: I think what women what, in
1: the household. Right. And all that I think kind of I, stuff.
0: the word that I would probably use is like traditional Okay. Or, that's but, a better word. But conservative use,
1: has a has a political meaning. Right. Which but, I don't and, intend here.
0: And I would think too, you might be able to use the word even old fashioned, because really, I mean, I would say traditional now doesn't even you know, encompass what a traditional woman's quote unquote role is Yeah, because I don't, I don't think that a lot of the women, like our daughters, aren't going to grow up with thinking that a traditional role is this or that. They might think that was an old fashioned role, you know?
1: Oh yeah. They'd never be able to relate to to June Cleaver.
0: (laughs) No, I know their mother is certainly not June Cleaver. And so, and now there is my mother. And so like they, they would literally, but however, my grandmothers were. Most definitely like they literally wore aprons and did all that kind of stuff. So for sure. But but that won't be a part of their, you know, their memory.
1: Point is, it was not going well.
0: Well, and I do want to want to have just a moment with your with your comment there, because uh, I'll give an example of a topic that was brought up. Uh, The topic was adoption. And one person was saying that adoption is a wonderful, beautiful thing that, uh, you know, allows a person to give a family who could not otherwise have children uh, a baby to love. And that was their experience. And this other person said uh,
1: this. Pardon me for butting in. But this this had that sort of. Everybody can agree with that sort of ring. It
0: definitely it. did, right? And 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 you might think at first, well, I, you know, who doesn't agree with that? Another person chimed in and said, actually, adoption, you know, uh, is a, this terrible thing where children were stolen and sold to families, and therefore, you know, adoptions are not a good thing. And we had a conversation as the admins of, like, okay, this is going to get heated, and it of course did. Very. And and you know. The first gut reaction is like, well, well, the woman who said that this that adoption is a terrible thing is clearly in the wrong. And uh, I had read several books um, about the Catholic Church. And there was a whole BBC special about uh, the Catholic Church and telling single young mothers that their babies had died, taking these babies and selling them to wealthy families. So what that poster had said was not factually incorrect it's not the way that the majority of us want to think adoptions ever happened but i mean the catholic church formally apologized for decades of doing this so that poster was not wrong the other poster was not in the wrong either in saying it is a beautiful thing for some circumstances and everything's on the up and up it is a wonderful thing so this is such a strange it's sort of like gilead in its own strange way Uh, A surrogacy pregnancy for a couple can be a beautiful thing. What Gilead's doing is not (laughs) a beautiful thing. I mean, it's all, it's like, you know, the, it's, it all comes down to, how you actually go about it right was was it all on the up and up, or were these willing participants, or were these very, very much not willing participants exactly so that's a huge, huge distinction that's very important to make in a lot of these conversations that we have really throughout this uh, episode, but throughout this entire series. Was this person willingly a participant or absolutely not, and even when they're willing. Is it because they, behind the curtains, have a gun to their head and you just really didn't see it happening? I
1: wonder what else was in her, her writings because uh, I, I made some assumptions about stuff related to gender roles and all that kind of stuff. But those people were holding signs that said, you know, Nazi bitch and stuff like that. So that – those comments don't usually go along with Nazi bitch type, right, with like signage.
0: traditional motherhood or whatever that right, is. yeah, we don't really know what are the teachings and and what was she talking about in those early days? Was she possibly suggesting what really happened in Gilead? Certainly not because we're we're given the idea that the seed that she had got twisted and mangled into what Gilead became when she was like no longer participating in the meetings. But in reality, we don't know what that seed looked like. sort of like adoption. If you thought of like, well, the idea is to take a baby and who that is perhaps unwanted or not in a good home and put them in a place where they are wanted and in a good home, right? Mm -hmm. If you just started with that seed, but either the good or the bad one that we just explained, could actually be how it happens. So it's one of those things where you're like, what in the world was her initial idea? What was she trying to say?
1: You know, the last season we really only got one good episode with um flashback for the Waterfords, and we had this sneaking suspicion that she was the brains behind the operation and he was he was good at dressing things up and presenting things, but he wasn't he wasn't coming up with the ideas.
0: You know, I really think that last week you called it way better. I really think that it was far more that he has always played this assistant role, this mid-management, really kind of just like never really had the initial ideas. He kind of just does the the, the workload or whatever. But, I mean, even down to the way that they dress him in the flashbacks, I mean, his hair is like feathered. Uh, as opposed to when he's a commander and it's like slicked back. Yeah. He dresses in these plaid shirts with like these, you know, those kind of ties that maybe you guys don't know these, but they are these like ties that are like, what is that material, Paul, where it's like cloth, but it's like that, um, that like nubby kind of cloth oh. where the tie is very skinny. Yeah, I don't but have it,
1: those ties. No, I know
0: you don't, but you, but you know what I'm talking about? It's like this really cheap, sad kind it's, of tie. It's,
1: it's the sort of thing like, uh, a college professor from yes. like a state school. Might
0: Which is much of what he was wearing, right? Or even a, yeah. So, and then he's just wearing like a blazer, you know, nothing. Not
1: a state school, a small private liberal arts school. Okay, there you That's, go. That was
0: a well way yeah, to define it. Yeah. So when you compare that look to all those commanders sitting in the room and they give you a good shot from behind the podium of the, that entire room of men wearing star, you know, starched black. They were suited up. But black suits with these really sharp ties and really everyone's slicked hair. Everyone's like fresh faced and just like could not look more slick. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, like everything about what it started as clearly, even on the very surface, all the way down, of course, to the most minutiae here has changed from where he was.
1: From that first season glimpse, though, we had suspicions about her, uh Serena being the the brains and and this episode just just spelled it out for us this was these were her ideas and he just kind of rode the wave if if I if I understand things,
0: I agree. And he and her ideas pushed him in a way. So the thing that I really want to highlight is the fact that the more that people yelled back at her, the more emboldened she became. She yelled back. She 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 commanded the floor there for a moment and even seemed to get some applause, you know, like at a time when it was like, whoa, did that just happen? They were
1: they were. Deliberately putting a, some, some, it was about nodding I w- heads. I would say about 30%, maybe, like enough for you to hear it, but clearly the minority.
0: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I know? completely agree. From that scene to then the hospital scene, where it was him doting on her and her inability to allow that type of relationship to even occur and she says to him be a man mm. and it's like gauntlet thrown because what does it mean to be a man why i mean if, if i was shot in the hospital and you were like Wanting to get me pain medication and wanting to help me make sure I felt better, I would not look at you and be like, "Be a man, Paul." Right? I mean, what does that even mean? I'm you know, to go
1: Clint Eastwood, somebody. Well, <laughs> just
0: <laughs> yes, that is what she meant. But but what is the implication? Men can't be affectionate. Men can't be empathetic men can't have any compassion for your wife right they can't
1: not the caregiver role
0: at all but i mean at all paul even shot i mean we're not talking about the flu we're talking about shot in a hospital moaning in pain
1: probably post hysterectomy right there
0: i would think yeah i mean she, she clearly was in a lot of pain that implication and that idea of like be a man be a man be a man those are the types of things that i know i've seen parents say to little to little boys especially like you know suck it up you know know that basically
1: um, means stop crying
0: right don't right no you're not but no emotion you can't complain you can't cry you can't be hurt in any way or else you're not a man and that kind of stuff to me is like so then when they get older and then they have no empathy they have no compassion they treat everybody rudely and crassly and and can't ever 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 stop for anyone else's pain you succeeded like that you, you purposely made that person just exactly like that. And that's what Serena Joy is doing right now. Like her screaming at him to be a man. Yes. It led to that direct move where he went and found the, the assumed perpetrator of the shooting. We don't even know that he got the right man or anything, No, no. but, but he does find a man and a woman. Were you shocked at how that scene actually played out?
1: I was shocked about. Uh yes I was shocked about the way that it ended and I was shocked that he had a complete complement of armed goons that look exactly like the Gilead guardians uh but we can I mean I was I'm kind of assuming that this was still America when when this happened. Did you catch when he said this is America when when uh, they're getting kind of ushered out of the the building? Yes. Interesting, right? Well
0: and, and the and the idea of like, um, this is America. We have like the right to free speech kind of thing. We have the right to like spread our ideas, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We have rights. This is America. Yeah. You know, I mean that kind of stuff is like that, uh, the oh irony was
1: on God. the nose, but it was oh, still still good.
0: It certainly was. So that really wraps up our flashbacks, but I hope that you guys are understanding the complexity that is Serena Joy. I I will put myself out there a little bit and say that I probably have... A lot of traditional ideas when it comes to to moms and raising kids and stuff like that. I wouldn't like in any way say that every person should have the choice to do everything however they want to do it. But for my own picks, if you looked at them, they're far more traditional in that I do stay home with our kids and I do, you know, homeschool and all that kind of stuff. So if you look at it, I'm probably very antiquated in today's world. Um, However, I cringe at the idea of like all that Paul's not a man. If he doesn't basically control me and the household and everything like,
1: I've already killed seven people. (laughs) She still says
0: be a man. I would never, I would never. Can you imagine like, you've never heard those words come out of my mouth and we would never say anything like that. You know, it's just psycho talk. It's, you know what it is. Hmm. It's like, um, gaslighting someone because when you say be a man, what you're essentially saying is you're not a man. And when you say that to somebody, what do you expect the person to do? You know, I mean, what do you really expect someone to do? Let's get into our episode this week. No colonies, totally off, off from the, uh, from the range, <laughs> having to be out there digging and a, digging and a scraping and banana digging. There None is, of that this week. There
1: was enough action in the Waterford place this week.
0: There was, you know what? I don't know how much longer I'm going to be calling it the Waterford place. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So let's start off. We, we are going to go. Um. Well, I'm going to chunk it out here a little bit, but we are going to start off a little bit in order, which is a little unusual for us. But like Paul said, we basically have the same cast of characters. We will chunk it out a little bit, but let's start off with the hospital with the ultrasound. Things seem to be going pretty well with the baby, which is shocking and good. Um, I was surprised that this would be the first time the doctor would have asked anything about the first pregnancy. It seems to me that they were asking Emily that in the airport security. Yeah. (laughs) So it seemed like that conversation was a little out of place timing wise. I don't think this would have been the first time at all anyone would have asked her how the first pregnancy went. So that was kind of off for me. Um, But certainly we are seeing tinges of June cropping up here because she's all, do you mean
1: Hannah, Yeah, June is definitely back. And so is Doctor, I will say, Donnie. This guy, you remember, was in the one episode last season where he kind of played this ooky, ooky doctor. But I know him from a BBC show called Orphan Black, where he played this great character named Donnie, who was a really great character (laughs) so i'm i'm like very interested to see him see him back see if he's gonna figure into the story a little more than he did last time around because orphan black was still being filmed last time around but now he's he's a free agent
0: i was so surprised and happy to hear dr donnie um again reiterate what Aunt Lydia had said about the harmony in the household Mm. and how important this was going to be. I mean, I don't think that enough nails have been put in Serena Joy's coffin here of, like, bad attitude. This was just one more, right? Of, like, you've got to curb it, lady. You know? Were you surprised that she actually offered up for now for yeah, I don't know to call her I know what you're going to say. Yes. What do I say? Do I say June or Offred at this point? We're
1: going to say she is June. Okay, we're going to say June when
0: she asked her if she wanted to see the baby, see the screen. I'm like now, and actually, the ability for that screen to open that way seemed even surprising.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe in Serena's soul. She believes that that June slash Offred to her is simply a vessel carrying her baby i know that this makes no sense because she has nothing to do with it biologically but i think that's how serena sees it so consideration like seeing it and all that kind of stuff unless it's meant for cruelty's sake um they it it stands out as like what why'd you do that because it doesn't seem to go along with the rest of how she treats her
0: Let's get into how she treats her for the rest of this episode because, boys, it's schizophrenic. So we get back there. June, absolutely 100%, has gotten the whiff of freedom and is like, you know what? No smoothie for me today, toots. Thanks, but no thanks. Shocking. Serena's like, cool beans. How about you go take lunch in the sitting room? What? I loved Rita's response when she goes, milk it.
1: She's... She is definitely velociraptoring the boundaries here, trying to figure out what she can say, get away with, etc.
0: And she takes it all, man. She's like, let's do this. So I thought that these individual scenes were actually nice i guess is a nice i don't know what the word is the fireplace was on the cozy couch the girl talk about the big pillows and all that kind of stuff it all seemed to vary on the up and up sj's over there knitting though and will not leave that's (laughs) your first little nug of like yeah this isn't all good right how shocked were you of the surprise luncheon with your handmade friends
1: I didn't see that coming uh, because, you know, it doesn't seem like good things come when when they get the handmaids together, uh, just, you know, historically. So it seems like they wouldn't bother doing that intentionally on their own, you know, initiative. Um, And the girls themselves seemed a little like, you know, June is not exactly our favorite person, (laughs) you know
0: uh agreed i mean they're all like Rrr. and oh my god how awkward was it when serena joy's like Off Glenn, what did you guys used to chat about and she's like Rrr. and they're like uh did you, you guys remember offland got her tongue cut out
1: shit for brains so there's
0: not going to be any uh just starting up that <laughs> chat again i was shocked when serena joy actually participated in remembering the brunch spots And the various foods that they ate and how delicious they were on different streets in the city. Um, what? Yeah. What even was, I mean, I feel like that I I just, I can't even.
1: She, it's like, she's slipping, you know, like last week she, she criticized the commanders in front of the staff. And now she's remembering things from before that put her basically, it's like, It's like reminding everybody we were all on the same level at some point, you know, we could all go and eat the same bagels or whatever they were talking about. And uh, it was no big deal. Remember that? (laughs) Those were good times, but not really.
0: Well, okay. And here's the other thing I was trying to think about. Is it like illegal to talk about before?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've we've seen like Lydia mention it just in passing. Like I used to smoke before, you know, like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. And it wasn't like cut off her head for that. So, but I can't figure it out because I feel like they're walking a really fine line with it. It comes up a couple more times in like before this happened before kind of talk. And it's very sketchy to me about, you know, there's certain things you're allowed to say and, and certainly the things you're not allowed to talk about, but this before time and how much you're allowed to allude to anything, I mean, including a brunch spot, seemed verboden. but it's, that seems kind of stupid at the same time.
1: Well, like, because you, you can't really legislate memory like that, but, you know, as much as they can, uh, remember in first season how the commander had squirreled away magazines and, and games and like Scrabble and stuff like that, which we can assume were on the shit list, right?
0: Well yes.
1: And those those, Certainly like Scrabble because the reading and writing and all that. Representative of the before time, right? And so I guess we just kind of assumed before time stuff on just wholesale was was uh, forbidden to talk about.
0: Okay. How hand that rocks the cradle was it that Serena Joy leaves and goes to the greenhouse and is like out there. I totally understood the the metaphor we we're going with here where we have the little seedlings and she cuts the little individual seedlings from their mother tray there. Yeah. And seeds, you know, transplants them individually into their own new pots. Totally got it but it felt so much like hand that rocks the cradle and it's the rest of that saying you guys is the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world meaning if serena joy has that baby and she rocks the, the cradle she has all the power if it's june that rocks the cradle she has all the power and it just like oozed the whole greenhouse if you guys haven't seen that movie it's freaking fantastic i love it and i've watched it a trillion times such a good movie um but it just i mean the greenhouse is Intrical to the whole thing, to the whole plot, right?
1: It's a big part of it, yeah.
0: All right, so do you think we were supposed to glean more than just that metaphor, or
1: no? But it did seem to be less meta- metaphorical, more uh, practical as as a retreat. You know, it wasn't just that she was doing this metaphor; it was that she <laughs> she needed to get away from whatever was going on in the house. But to, she to seemed think.
0: happy she seemed happy in that while the girls were having their luncheon and that she had actually planned that and things were going well. Like I thought it was a happy kind of time. She went that out she there was a couple having. times, right? Right. The second time, no, the second time she was surly, it was a yeah. salty, salty day, but she had had a good moment there and she thought she had done something good. The way that the handmaids all had like kind of jumped up and went over to feel June's belly. And it was suddenly like very informal, you know, yeah. that's when she opts to leave. Um, All right, so then she goes even further and decides to actually show June the nursery. This is where things and that whole, what are you allowed to talk about, goes way off the rails for me. June comments that in Hannah's nursery, they had all these stars on the ceiling, Mm -hmm. glow-in-the-dark ones, because, see, her husband really knows a lot about stars.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Serena doesn't really want to hear all that.
0: Uh I'd say we saw the spill done been broke right then. <laughs> it was like crack like uh-uh no more. This is just like the switch totally turned off here. I felt awful really for both of them in this moment because it sounds terrible to say June like was crossing the line, but within their insane situation to talk about her husband yeah. was like way too far. I mean talking about Hannah questionable obviously but they've already talked about hannah amongst each other i don't think they've ever talked about luke and -hmm. her husband or been married before or any of those things no and that just like shattered the illusion of whatever the hell serena joy had created here and there was going to be none of this Were you shocked that nothing more happened to her than just being sent to her room?
1: Well, with the recent, you know, miscarriage scare, I'm sure Serena just intellectually is not going to let her rage get the better of her, you know, at least for the next uh, six months. Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad she. still a slap here or there is probably probably in the offing, right? Not no more chokings. That's
0: definitely not choking, but I I guess I thought, bad form. I kind of guess I thought there'd be something else. I mean, there definitely was as we move forward here. So I didn't see this coming, but the whole knitting scene where she's like knitting and Offred comes down. She didn't finish up her lunch. What of's Now she's going to sort of do that passive hunger strike a la Aunt Lydia biz that she's yeah. tried in the past.
1: That was kind of like the bookend to the accidental equalizing that she did in front of the other handmaids, where she basically said, oh, yeah, we've all eaten at the same place. Isn't that interesting? You know, like, you know, we were all equals at one point. And then this scene is all about, no, we are definitely not equals. I drop shit. You pick it up. That's how it works. You know, that's that's pretty demeaning. Right. How did you like. Eden's uh attempt at dominance
0: well I thought that she was wise to be tentative in what she was doing so her coming in and being like uh you know can I help blah blah, blah. I really feel like she was just inserting herself into the scene here um but what scared me the most about this scene was less about Eden because she seemed legitimately like I don't think I ought to drop this knitting needle. You know, that seemed actually okay. What scared me was Serena Joy saying, "Blessed is the teacher," because that means like again, you know, I've kind of mentioned in the past. Like, I'm really scared about her being a mom. I'm really scared about her patience. I'm really scared about what she's going to think. Like, discipline looks like or Mm -hmm. whatever. I'm scared. So if she thinks that this would be the way to raise somebody else, would be to you know toss your stuff on the floor and make someone else grovel around and stuff. She is so frightening as a mom. So that's what I was like highlighting in this scene.
1: And was like, Oh, well I can't bend down for that. I have a cramp.
0: Yeah. Good call.
1: So this and the scene,
0: the mini me syndrome, right? That we're getting out of her. Yeah,
1: This and the scene where she brings up the idea of Nick being a gender traitor tells me when when last week she and her other bride maidens were introduced as being children of Gilead, wasn't that the right? Yes, right word yes, um born into Gilead, I guess it means that it's she's so soaked in the teachings that she if she's not a true believer, then she's almost there. You know what I mean, yes, and that's pretty scary to have around
0: uh yeah, and you, you know, know go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that that for Serena Joy, it it is her thoughts in theory come alive.
1: It's a protege in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I completely concur. Freaky Bobiki, all Bobiki. All right, so let's talk a little bit. That that basically encapsulated Serena Joy and june's interactions i mean she basically sent her off to her room there's just a lot of crying a lot of bitching now like it's bad it's is a we leave them on a really bad note
1: june is she's working every every angle she can in this episode though you know the uh she's gonna work on anybody that that can possibly help her she she pushes too hard on serena and then that doesn't work out so she has to work on frederick
0: Mr. Friedrich. Yeah. So let's talk about Fred a little bit. Um, so he, at per usual, is a perv and a weirdo and decides to be like a lech around her. Uh, you know, the fact that she's pregnant and like, ooh, it really suits her and all this. He's so weird. I mean, you can love a pregnant lady. Don't get me wrong. They're beautiful in their own right. But just the fact that it's like, could you give her a damn break, man? Like, you're disgusting. She didn't want to have sex with you in the first place. She did a billion times. She's pregnant now. Leave her alone.
1: Elizabeth Moss does a really good job in these sequences where, you know, just applying modern day, you know, well, I'll call it American because I don't know how to think like anybody else. American sensibilities to these, these very backward things that he's saying. You know, and, and she just has to be like,
0: mm-hmm. oh, yes, <laughs> yes. The whole like, I want you to. <sighs> so, all right. So it's laid out there here that he is absolutely going to have to be uh, this the smoother over. He has this conversation with Serena Joy out in the greenhouse, which this is something that you were talking about. Yeah. Where, you know, Serena Joy is totally hacked off here like she's so pissed so pissed and just feels like you know that june basically took took advantage of her kindness and you know took it to a place it didn't need to go what was interesting about this scene was that given the ending of this it's possible that this is their last scene as a live husband and wife
1: that would be nuts
0: Well, what's interesting about that is that he says to Serena Joy, you know, she cuts her finger and he's like, does it hurt? And she says, no. He says, you'd never say if it did. And then he says that he prays every day to be worthy of her. And if those were the last words between the two of them, it would kind of be fitting, right? To everything they showed us in the flashback, to everything that they've shown us about their entire relationship. It would. So... We don't know if Fred makes it out of this ending here, but if he doesn't, and I'd like to think he doesn't because he can still show up in flashbacks, but plot wise, it's so much more interesting if she, if she is assigned to another commander, oh, shit just done hit the fan because Serena Joy's now in the hail she put everyone else into Yeah, a person she didn't choose to be with having to do whatever that he says, oh, things are going to get nutty y'all. Let's back it up just a wee bit because things are going to get super nutty when Fred tries to, again, appease Alfred, and, and after going over to his wife and being all sweet on her, right, of course he has to be disgusting, go to her room with the picture of Hannah. Nice, right? What a what a beautiful offering, Paul.
1: Totally. Yes.
0: And without strings, no?
1: No, no. I mean, he, the way he presented it, though, it was... it. It was like he was thinking that this wasn't manipulative or evil or probably worse off for her or anything like that. I mean, now that you have it, what what does that mean? You know, what? how are you going to continue? How are you just going to look at this picture and be like, well, I'm glad she's getting on well anyway.
0: I don't know. I, I can't figure out, is this better or is this worse? What What just happened?
1: She's healthy, but... It's like Fred can be establishing himself as the guy with the information about Hannah. You know what I mean? Which could be a pretty big figure in her life that would demand a lot of attention that he seeks. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I just don't know if having this photograph is going to spur her on, you know, or I don't know. So far in this whole episode, every time she's looking at it, she's just crying. So I can't figure out if this photograph situation is for the good. Or for the bad.
1: Well, you know, to me, the little suit she was wearing looked a lot like those bride suits.
0: (laughs) Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So that
1: had me ooked out for, for real. And how young are they taking them in Gilead is...
0: I'm so barfed out. I just really can't. Yes. I really cannot. So, yeah. Okay. So... Let's get to the grossest, as you brought up the child bride sitch. These are the sections that I don't want to talk about at all. But I do want to focus in on Nick and this because it turns out that Eden is a conniving chickie as well, right? Yeah. So I want to talk about a little bit. They do have a moment when June first comes home from the hospital where Nick does check in with her and is sort of like, how's it going? What, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And they have that little tete-a-tete where, you know, June's like, how's Mrs. Blaine? She's so young. Blah, blah, blah. And they have like all that business. Like when's your bedtime? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so salty. So then. All right. They say no more sneaking, says June. Right. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Nick's like, oh, but I think of the three of us. And she's all, don't. But do. Totally do. So they're going to continue to talk about this, except Eden. Now, Paul, is she naive or the most cunning of bitches?
1: Uh, I, uh, huh. She's like 100% either way. It's she's not both. She's either not knowing what she's doing and just, you know, talking to the closest woman around, or she knows exactly what she's doing by telling another woman about this gender traitor business. What
0: do you think? Telling anybody else in the household. So what do you think? What What is it? Because I really am trying to get a good idea of who this chick is.
1: She's, I don't know. I'm a sucker. She seems too wide-eyed. I'm going to go with uh, naive.
0: Okay. So I feel like I don't, I'm so torn. I think, I think she's, I think, I don't think it's naive. I feel like she's, I feel like she knows what she's doing. Cause it's just so well-played. So well-played. Cause then of course June has no other choice, but to tell Nick, you have to have sex with her.
1: Right. Yeah. But those gross arrangement of whatever bedclothes, that was awful. The whole scene was awful. Cause the dude didn't want to do it, you know? And It's like he's ultimately, he is. It's uh, like a friend told me one time, you put your dick where you put your dick.
0: (laughs) And what he was, what friend was this exactly? He was a
1: person that believed homosexuality was a choice, and so uh, his thought was, you put your dick where you put your dick. And this is not my philosophy, uh, but it is like uh, he could have made. I don't know excuses or something, but I guess he was totally backed in to this.
0: Uh, He had no choice. I mean, he had a figurative gun to his head. You know, I mean, there was absolutely nothing he could do. I do think that it is probably one of the most complex, non-consensual scene I've ever seen in my life, where like everybody is going along with it, despite the fact that there is no one else in the room with them. Yeah they don't have to do this, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, it's fairly remarkable. Like
1: she forced it and it's well, what, I it's mean, like the in,
0: system forced it. In today's you know?
1: sensibilities, the 15 year old girl by law can't make that decision for herself. Right. Th- to have sex with a man. 15 oh, certainly years not. Older old. Than no. Right. Right. So, um,
0: at least where we live. I don't know if that's the case. I I mean, obviously, it's not the case internationally, but it's, you know,
1: right. So, so this is like it's like flip flopped a couple ways, right? So, this in this case, the fifteen year old is driving it, and the guy doesn't even want to do it, but he has to do it, right? Very, he's the one being forced in a
0: way. They both are because she is. This is she. It's God with the gun to hit to her head. God in right. all their society. The, the true
1: believer status. Yeah,
0: is like, if she doesn't have a baby, then, you know, she's let down God. I mean, this is like the ultimate for her. So, I mean, what are you supposed to do? That whole business with the hole in the sheet? Gross, barf, gross. Well, if she
1: doesn't have a baby, then she moves on to- being a Martha or, or is that worse. what happens? I that, don't know you assume? I don't know maybe
0: I, something has. I am so confused about what happens with this baby I really don't understand this whole thing at all I mean I'm being point blank I don't get it they get to keep this baby in the garage apartment it's I, I just don't it's understand almost like
1: Gilead was, was set up to to be like constantly in its starting mode you know what I mean like, okay, these people are in these classes. Okay, well, what happens in 15 years when they start to have kids and um, and people start to get older and all this kind of stuff? Well, and the way well, you're we moving- don't, that part doesn't seem to make sense, you know?
0: And the way that you're moving around the handmaids, uh, you're also creating a situation where uh, you have all these half-brothers and sisters running around within the same little community. So uh, how does the next generation get married or have kids?
1: I think, I just thought of this. I think with the handmaids- this batch is so unruly because they knew the time before. But the idea is to get about twenty years in, right? And then those women will all be past their childbearing years and you will have a batch of true believer breeders to take to take up their ranks who would feel honored to become handmaids.
0: That makes sense? Yeah, but but don't you still think that there's all these I mean, if you have if you have one handmaid, say that has like five kids and then those five kids become true believers or whatever, are you expecting them to become handmaids or commanders or wives or how does that work? You know, know, like that part doesn't seem planned out. It's so not, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. So it's so creepy. The whole thing. I really, I, I know that there's like, we told you guys before there's tons of research and there's tons of ceremony business that has to do with that hole in the sheet and stuff, but we're not getting into it. Cause the distorted music alone and just the fact that they actually like had her like grabbing on his arm and stuff. Like I'm, I'm not joking with you guys at all. My entire body went numb. Like I had like this really visceral reaction to the whole thing. Like I was like, I cannot even believe I'm seeing this right now. Like it, the only reason why I think that he also was able to go through with this at all was because Eden said, you're going to be a great father. And I don't think that has anything to do with this scene. I think it has to do with protecting June Hmm. and the idea that he, if he gets called out as a gender traitor and killed, who will protect June and the baby. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be a great father, as awful as it is, you have to have sex with this kid, you know? It's so messed up. But I feel like that was like the words he needed to hear um, in order to make this happen. And so barf, barf, barf. So if you guys made it through these scenes, then I feel like you got rewarded at the end of this whole thing. Right. Because you this season from some episode one to six, if you guys made it through season two, one through six, then the last five minutes of six was your big fat reward.
1: Right. It kind of is saving the season, actually, with the depths of emotional despair now plumbed with the statutory rape stuff um, needed something to save it. Uh, What we're talking about is that Fred had been tasked with opening a new, more modern... um, uh, handmaid's School. What do they call them? The... Red Center? Red Center, but they also called it...
0: Rachel and Leah Center.
1: Rachel and Leah Center, which, right. Which, are,
0: if you guys remember, it's the two characters in the Bible that this whole handmaid's thing set up.
1: Right. right. And I swear we've seen that building elsewhere. Was that one of the college buildings?
0: Oh, perchance? maybe. I'm super not awesome about that type of thing, but... oh,
1: well, yeah. anyway, maybe someone will tell us. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is like a big opening. They're having... Price, who we know is like a big, big wheel down at the Cracker Factory. Right. <laughs> and all kinds of commanders there, and they got the handmaids all lined up just decoratively. You know, they're just...
0: They be on the outside of the glass. You're right that it was like decoration. They were not in the meeting. They just were supposed to stand there. Ah. However, I do have to call attention to one scene right before we get into this very last section. Nick running up to Commander Price right at the last second and saying, I have more information than, I, than I've than i told you about Waterford. I want out of this house. Bryce is like, well, don't you... Are you cool with like the wife? It's like, it has nothing to do with her. Protect the handmaid. Get me out of here. And... He says, you have my word. So Commander Bryce goes in there and and Nick's leaving thinking, I'm as good as gone.
1: Yeah, there's a very good chance that Bryce is blown up.
0: I think Bryce is definitely blown up.
1: The interesting uh, thing that I just thought of is where did she get such a cool bomb? I mean, this isn't just laying I around.
0: I have no idea.
1: That's, it was handheld. And maybe she was wearing some, some stuff. I, I can't say for sure. But, I mean, the explosion was not just con- confined to a small radius around her. It took out the entire first floor of that building, you know?
0: Um, is it even possible for anyone to survive that, Paul? You tell me. Because I feel like at this point, I just can't figure out if they try to make See, Fred was behind for- a podium. Yeah, but she ran directly at him. I mean, it didn't blow up right next to the glass. We saw her get at least to close to the front row. Well,
1: if she was, if she was wearing stuff,
0: I assume that I assume she was. Then
1: right? that stuff all blows apart into little chunks, and that's what kills everybody. You know, is the pieces that all of a sudden are flying through your body. You know, right. And so if you're, if it's that kind of explosion, and you're, and you've got the wits to duck behind your podium, I suppose you got a chance but all those commanders in like the folding chairs not so good.
0: I I think that the majority of them have, is this is bad news bears. I mean, and it's it's interesting because I think that it's going to the symbolism of an explosion, I think that this is going to like implode all the structure that we've seen. So I I'm really serious, like can you guys imagine how upside down this world's going to get if Serena Joy and that or that household as a whole is assigned a new commander. What does that even look like? What is that? I mean, or
1: all of where they live, because we've we've only seen the flashbacks that include like Fred and Price and some others. And I kind of assumed that they were the they were the guys. This was if this this was where the capital was of Gilead, you know, not just regionally, but of the whole thing. So if they if they blow up all of them, then is it is anarchy after that? I don't know.
0: I really don't know. And I'm really I'm really concerned about how this all works out and, and what happens next. I think it's exciting because I think it shakes everything up. What I'm a little worried about is, like we said the conversation with Bryce and Nick, now that's like null and void. Fred helping June and all that cultivating of that relationship, null and void. Serena, you know, having whatever, whatever stability that we thought was there, null and void. Does this mean, are we like, again, how you said that it the beginning of this season wiped out the previous season? Did we just watch... This wipe out whatever was the rest of this. Like now no one has any relationships to anyone even within the colony of Gilead anymore because all the people who were sort of running the show are gone. So are new people going to be brought in? Are these people going to be shipped out? What?
1: There will be survivors. I'm positive. Um, question mark came up in my brains. Uh, this is Aunt Lydia's office, basically. So she should have been there. Right. But I don't remember seeing her.
0: Oh, weird.
1: So, yeah, we've got maybe her, maybe Fred surviving. Wouldn't it be weird if Fred survived and because he he was (laughs) he was the highest ranked guy left, he is all of a sudden the guy in charge of the whole thing. Wouldn't that be weird?
0: I don't, I don't think. I, I think it's actually more Because he's a ex- bad
1: leader, right? So this yeah. would be very scary for I everybody. just think
0: it's way more exciting. It's really way more exciting if you bring in a new commander to that, either to that household. I think it would be, I think that would be the best steps. Because you could shoot them all off into different houses, but we have established Rita and Nick and whatever. Like we have a household there that bringing in Eden was one way to like shake it up a little bit bringing in a new commander and then what the hell like Serena Joy is supposed to raise this baby see that's what I think will give her the the inertia to be like I'm not raising this baby with a strange man who I don't have any connection with so now she's like untethered mm-hmm. she could be like let's get up and go like promise me this baby and I'll get you out of here and you you can have Hannah I'll have this baby and we all jet. And like that actually seems like, huh. All she wanted out of this society was the baby. Not the rest of this. Clearly. She wants to read and write and and go about. I mean, you know, she wants to she doesn't want handmaids living in her house. She doesn't want all this stuff. So I I mean, I think this could set it up for that. I hope it does because that would be far more exciting. Far more exciting.
1: Well, I can't wait for next week myself.
0: I am ready for some changes because this was getting too dark. Yeah, and too painful. And and this whole thing allows things to be shaken up enough that, like, maybe a new commander would be like, uh, you know, I-, I want this Nick Eden thing to work differently or whatever. I don't know. Everything can be shaken. You know, everything.
1: Like a mid-season reboot.
0: Kind of. I mean, not just mid-season, but mid-series in many ways because we are far enough in that it's like, I mean, we know there's definitely going to be a season three, but, I mean... I don't know. I think you could really bring this to a whole different place. We might, like you said, we may move out of the neighborhood as a whole unit. You know, we may need to go elsewhere. I don't know. So I I look forward to what they're going to do next. I'm happy that this Nick and Eden scene is behind us. And I hope that there's like zero reason to ever show us any amount of intimacy between the two of them again. Like there's just no reason to show us again. Like we saw it, it's done. We don't, I don't need to see it again. So I hope that means we're actually kind of past it right
1: right we can either assume that he's
0: they're doing this nightly or they're not i don't care we don't need to know we just don't need to know right yeah you just be over so well thank you guys so much for listening we hope you enjoyed it
1: and be sure to listen to us on mondays and wednesdays for the so many shows tv talk radio show and also catch our other podcasts for westworld and colony thanks a lot Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software, our website, dailyreview.com, that's D-A-L-E-Y review.com, Facebook or Twitter, or wherever you find us, please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show.
0: Thanks for listening, pod people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.